Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 27. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale, episode 83, One Normal Town. We're going to go listen to this. And as always, we encourage you to go listen to it because when we come back, we're going to spoil the hell out of it. See you in a minute. Uh, expecting an entirely different episode when we got the announcement from Cecil at the start of his broadcast tonight. I was too. I definitely was. Um, he starts it out and says, Desert Bluffs is no more. And we're like, what? Whoa. Hang on. What, what happened? <laughs> I expected somebody had uh, nuked them from orbit or something. Or yeah. Other. Yeah. Much to Cecil's glee if, if it had happened but no, that's not actually what it was. Dana Cardinals decided, you know, she's been supporting Desert Bluffs for a little while now, giving them monetary support and that kind of thing. She said, we're going to make it one town. Night Vale is going to kind of absorb Desert Bluffs, and it's all going to be the same town. A total merging of the two towns. So now they're right. both one. So that's that's a big deal. Yeah, it is. And the sheriff, of course, is not happy about it. And they had the press conference uh, where the sheriff, who is of a musical mind, I suppose, an artistic bent, I guess, uh, the press conference was him singing Broadway tunes. Yeah, so I think one of the first press conferences he did, he was playing cello. Or was that the previous one? I can't remember. That might have been the previous. You know, I don't remember. That's true. You're right. I know there was some musical stuff. I know this one also has done sculptures. Yep. So yep. we know so that one He definitely for sure. likes yep. expressing his press conferences in artistic form of some kind. Yeah, so and I, he's got a wide range of talents. But no, yeah. he's not happy. No. There was a lot of crying involved in this press conference as well. So he's not very pleased about this. We went to traffic, which was a farmer following the sounds of a party around and then disappeared and was never seen again. And I'm like... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of odd. Uh, we had a little yeah. announcement about the Ralphs, uh, the supermarket. It's no longer going to go with that bored old format of bringing your items up to the front and then paying for them. It's going to be an auction. And that means yeah. they're going to auction everything. They auction things like a banana or a thing of <laughs> peanut butter. And that that one comment right there, it's like the store manager was saying, oh, yes, this will be a bunch more fun. You'll go up there and you'll bid. And if it's a jar of peanut butter and somebody else wins it and you don't, they'll have peanut butter and you won't. And I'm like, well, that's unacceptable. I don't like this plan at <laughs> <Yes>. all. <laughs> yes, the uh, manager said it's going to be more exciting, more fun, and you're going to pay more, which yeah, you really will. Yeah. Auction format? Yeah. I think so. Imagine having to buy everything for your groceries on eBay. Oh, God. The scary thing is I could see that happening. You know, food supplies get lower and we have a little more demand going up. Yeah, you're going to pay more. How much do you really want that can of soup? There'll be a riot <laughs> over the last jar of Nutella. They're really well. Oh, my God, yes. But we also had an announcement. They've, We had an announcement of the founding of the first ever congregation of the Smiling God. And both you and I at the same time were like, uh-oh, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> and and there's, that, a, yeah. there's a little bit of conflict there because... You know, Night Vale is a traditional town. They're a traditional town of traditional bloodstone worshippers. And now they're yep, being expected yep. to worship a smiling God. But people are keeping an open mind. And the sales of bloodstone have dropped by 1%. Maybe 1%. Unacceptable. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> Unacceptable. Yeah, but we all heard a little bit about Paul Birmingham, who's... He's protesting it. I don't know. I kind of... <laughs> he's definitely a guy who's like 
really civic-minded, I suppose. He likes to protest He really does. uh, His current protest is just nothing but negativity. He says nothing. He agrees with nothing about absolutely nothing. He just carries around a great big sign that says no. (laughs) Like, I've met people like that. I really have. I think that would be fun to go to a protest with a big sign that says no. Just nothing else. Just no. Or that or a sign that's blank. That would probably get you beaten up in places. But they would probably assume you were being a smart aleck, which you really would Yeah. Yeah, you would be. Well, well, I suppose. But we got a word from our sponsor, which is sponsored by a happy woofing dog who's wagging his tail, which is pretty nice for sponsorship. Yeah, so I guess so. I it just makes yeah. me a little bit nervous because we keep getting mentions of cute little dogs. And when you get I something know. mentioned over and over again, it's usually not good. No, especially since he's a very good dog. That's the phrase we keep hearing all the time. What a good, good dog. dog are you? I'm like, is he a good dog? I don't know at this point. I'm, I'm feeling weird. But then we had an incident because the sheriff decided to take things into their own hands and they made a move to disunite the two towns. And except, yeah, except it wasn't quite like breaking apart the towns. He decided he wanted to kick Desert Bluffs out of Nightvale. But, but since Nightvale now incorporates Desert Bluffs, that means he wanted to kick everybody from Desert Bluffs out. Out completely of the entire merged town. And before we go on, I've noticed something, and I'm going to have to go back to listen to some episodes. We keep saying the sheriff, and we keep saying him. I'm not entirely sure we've ever actually gotten a pronoun. Maybe we have, but I know in this episode, it's like the sheriff got into their car. And it, it happened several times that there was a deliberate avoidance of using any particular gender and then did you because dana came stomping in and she said we're not going to do this and she called the sheriff by name sam which could yes it could actually be (laughs) yeah amazing what you assume because you've always assumed sheriff guy (laughs) like yeah exactly and we don't know that now i want to go back and listen to the old episodes because i'm like i we probably haven't gotten a gender assigned and i think that's kind of cool because it wasn't until i heard all the times talking about their car and and no use of her car his car whatever i'm like "Mm, okay that's interesting Uh, but maybe it's because night night veil i'm so used to them using their as a pronoun because of course station management and the city council yes. multiple yes. pronouns there yes. is something that you come to expect yeah yeah but uh, yeah dana stepped in and she was telling sam go home and she's she didn't let it happen and, and i think she, she said actually, i think that you know this is a bad thing and i think somewhere in there you're not a bad person or maybe i'm wrong it wouldn't be the first time she actually yeah. said that i think dana might be getting a little jaded sometimes but that kind of job would yeah. do that to you yeah i liked one thing that she said at one point because of course the sheriff's forcing people out of their homes and she was saying the phrase that they said was you're not going to force them out of their homes. There's nowhere else they should go. Not there's nowhere else they can go. I liked that use of the word should. I'm like, that's, that's yep. pretty cool. Yeah, sure, they could go someplace else, but they shouldn't. But, um, yeah. And then Cecil, he's got he's to gotta think about it. He doesn't... He doesn't like Desert Bluffs, but he also probably doesn't agree with the idea of kicking people out of their homes. He has to think about that. So 
we went, you know, while he's thinking about it, we went to the weather and <laughs> I saw you smiling the second it started. You and I are suckers for hammer dulcimers, we aren't we? Really, we really, really are. are. <laughs> I like that so much. It was just, it was a hammer dulcimer sound. It was kind of a bouncy tune, but in a minor key. It mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. it was so cool. I like that one. That yeah. was going to be added to my favorites. What was the, uh, the yeah. name and the artist? It's called The Sky is Calling by Kim Bookbinder, but it's B-O-E-K Binder. I like that. That's definitely a cool name right there. (laughs) But we come back and Cecil, he's had some time to think about it. (laughs) We both laughed because he's talking about regional differences when people do different things in different towns from the way you do things. He's talking about in some towns, there's a sandwich and it's called a sub, but maybe it's called a hero Maybe it's called a hoagie. And he goes into all these different names. And then he says, what was the name that he came up with the last one he said? The the final one was, or a bread burrito. And I'm like, I'm (laughs) going to be calling it that now. (laughs) Yes, I will have a bread burrito. Thank you very much. (laughs) But he really has had some time to think about it. And he... He knows he doesn't like Desert Bluffs. He's actually had apparently people like he'll go on and on and on about how much he hates Desert Bluffs and people call into wanting him to talk about anything else. And the phrase he used, he said, when someone's normal is not our normal, it's terrifying because we realize there is no normal. So he's being like surprisingly open-minded yep. for and Cecil. And his, his comment I loved was, uh, what we think of as normal is just a momentary accident. And he talked about the fact that all of this stuff that we are going through right now, when we're talking about how I wish it could get back to normal, these are the days that someone in the future is going to look back and say, oh, wow, those were the days when everything was normal. Yeah, yeah. And there was that, you know, the the first phrase that you just mentioned, that's a t-shirt moment, but I like this one as well. The world we were born into will never be the same as the world we die in. And I'm like, ooh, (laughs) that's really good. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, my my favorite comment about normal, this wasn't something Cecil said, but was something I heard a a father tell his son at a coffee shop that a normal is a setting on a washing machine. Uh, I've always loved that phrase. That's awesome. But he also was talking about how he doesn't really like Desert Bluffs. He's never really been happy with the idea of being associated with them. But then he said, my happiness is irrelevant to their existence. They exist. And I'm like, man, there's a lot of good messages. A lot lot of good uh, uh, bumper stickers, t-shirts, lots of things. I would want to have this up next to my sign that just says no. (laughs) Exactly. We're going to keep an eye out on the store to make sure that maybe maybe they're going to put those in there. That'd be awesome. Yes, it really would. Yeah. And then that was the episode. So Desert Bluffs is still aligned. Now, the, the proverb of the end, actually, it's property's brother. I didn't get it. Yeah, I just, is it something to do with I am not my brother's keeper? So it's like, so my brother is not property or property's brother? I don't know. Everybody go ahead and and look on Podbay. I'm sure somebody there has figured it out because they always do. And I, I looked on Podbay to see if maybe somebody had had a thought about it, but it actually got derailed, I think. There was a very long conversation about asking for money and donations and business models and everything. I think people got a little heated about that. So, you know, that, that kind Interesting. of took over the conversation on there. Don't fight, Podbay. You're both right. No, seriously. We, we like you guys so much. You guys tell us things that we totally missed. Yes, always. So that's it for the episode. So you have to tell me how your falconry experience went last weekend. Uh, that was great. Okay, now the falconry thing. Okay, First of all, uh, to be a falconer, uh, this is not, you know, having birds and zoos. This is not, you know, 
hawk preservation or having them as pets, which I don't even think you're allowed to do. These have to be working birds in order for you to be a falconer. So they have to be able to take them out and you hunt with them. The, one of the oldest sports known to men. Uh, the, the falconer that we went to see, his name is Chip Gentry. Very awesome guy. Um, he has done these kind of demos for, you know, schools or whatever, and usually like, you know, 150 people or more. And he decided he hated the fact that he never had time to answer everyone's questions. So he would set up these two-hour falconry experiences. Small group, you get to come, interact with the birds, listen to all these fascinating stories and the information he gave about the history of falconry and everything that goes into training the birds and catching the birds and all that stuff. And then you get to actually put the falconer's glove on so he can have oh. the falcon oh. fly to your wrist. And Elizabeth has seen the picture that Nathan took of me, and that was great. Yes. That was that was Eli, who is apparently a famous bird. Chip told us that... The TV show Sleepy Hollow, which I've never seen, uh, I think no, the me pilot or the opening credits, something like that, the main character is following a hawk in the woods. That is apparently Eli, the bird that I was oh, holding neat. on my wrist. Like, so, yeah, oh, yeah it's very, very cool. cool. And they do all sorts it's of... It's an awesome picture. Yeah, they do all sorts of cool things. Like, apparently, you can hire them for a wedding, so you can have the rings brought to you brought to the groom by Falcon. Like, he can have the glove Holy on and flies cow. in. And someone said, wow, you give him the rings? And Chip was like, oh, no, fake rings. Like, <laughs> I was just about to say, it's like, just in case yeah. we're not going to give them the real yeah, rings. Yeah, because he, he said he carries a million dollars in liability insurance, and he said, it's not going to be enough if the bird flies away with the rings. No, <laughs> which no is not even a little. No. Which is apparently a thing. I hadn't known that. The birds aren't loyal. You Basically, you weigh them. And when their weight drops to a certain point, that means they're hungry enough to hunt and you train them to the point where they know they have to fly back to the glove in order to get food. And if they eat enough to the point where they're not hungry enough anymore, they can sometimes fly away. They lost a $2,000 falcon like that because it was in training and it took off with one of the lures and ate it up in a tree and then it's gone. And then it's gone. And it's gone. Oh, yeah. man. And I always wondered about that. Yeah. yeah. And they, they he even talked about the fact in uh, medieval times, the person that was in charge of the hawks for the kings and the royals and whoever went hunting, if that happened, if you didn't get to the hawk before it ate enough of the kill to uh, yeah. decide that it just wanted to leave, if you lost the hawk, the penalty was getting tied down to a table while a hawk ate four ounces of flesh off of your chest. So wow, they took that seriously. God. Hawks were something that could be like the ransom for royalty when royalty got taken prisoner. So these were wow. very important things. So needless to say, if you guys want to look up hawkmanorfalconry.com, you could set up two-hour falconry experience. They even have day-long hunts you can go on where at the end they will cook up a meal using the game that the hawks caught while you were hunting. Holy, I want to do all of those things. That's awesome. (laughs) I loved, you put up a great video on Instagram of the falconer and the owl that he was showing off. And we we learned a little bit about owls. Owls are not so bright. 70% of their skull is taken up with their eyeballs. That's not a joke. (laughs) That's actually true. So they see really well. And this 
this owl kept forgetting that it didn't know how to fly back up when it would like take off and then end up dangling on the end of its rope and that falconer would have to lift it back up onto his uh, arm. <laughs> That's awesome. You said that they tend to forget who their trainer is if the trainer leaves the room for more than a few minutes. Yes. <laughs> it's very yes. short. So and, on the other side though, the, Falconer said that the owl was partially imprinted and he was mating season. So she would hear his voice and think that he was her boyfriend and start hooting and hooting and hooting, whatever. So not so bright <laughs> owls. <laughs> I have heard, what's his face? Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter. I have heard that he did not like Hedwig the owl. Oh, <laughs> he's just not, yeah, not a fan. I don't know all of the stories, but I don't, I don't think they're the most pleasant animals to be around. Probably so, not. Certainly a, if they're that dumb. But yeah, yeah. Raptors are just, they they know where the food's coming from, but for the most part, they'd kind of like to get away, I think. Yeah, 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 I can see them. Well, the only other thing I wanted to talk about, because I put up this post on Instagram, I finally saw the final episode of Jessica Jones last night. Oh my gosh, what did you think? Wow, so many twists, so many things that happened that I did not expect to have happened. I mean, all the stuff that happened with Luke Cage, where I was like, oh my God, I made assumptions and I was wrong. I know, I love that they were able to do that, that I was like... Damn, I totally didn't see that happening with nope, Luke. No, no, nope, nope. and then, and we're not going to do any spoilers, except minor spoiler here. What's the name of Daredevil's nurse friend? Do you remember her name? Claire. I can't remember her name. Claire. God. So they're, they're going through a hospital at one point where things are happening, and they turn a corner, and there's Claire dealing with a patient. I'm like, we know her, we know her. And I thought maybe, I really thought that we were just going to see her for a second, and then she becomes this major point in the plot. And I, I think she was really into Luke Cage. I, was, I mean, she was, she was hiding it real well. She was keeping it together, but she kept throwing glances at him. And I'm like, I can see what Luke Cage is a nice-looking gentleman. Yes, he looks really good. certainly is. But, that yeah, she's actually, her character is sort of based on an existing character in Daredevil, the Night Nurse. It was yeah, someone yeah, that appeared yeah. in Daredevil, and only she was actually, you know, wearing the, the full nurse's outfit and everything. And... She was somebody that the powers or the whatever you would call, well, I guess Luke Cage is a power. I don't know if Daredevil specifically is. I guess he is because she his- thinks he is. Certainly in this, she's just like, you know, I think Jessica Jones has said something to her about, you know, because they were trying to give Luke Cage an injection and the needles kept breaking. And Jessica Jones is basically trying to say something like, eh, you never seen one of these before, huh? You know, basically that. And Claire's just like, no, this is not my first. So she considers Daredevil to be one of the powers. And he is when you get down to it. What he can do is pretty inhuman. Yeah. But the character actually is just the person that, they come to because when they need to be patched up and they don't need anyone to know about it. So I'm wondering no. if they're going to keep Claire working at a hospital, if she's going to be setting up something on her own, because her world of knowing all the different powers is, you know, tripled in size in just one episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but David yeah. Tennant, wow. My goodness. Oh my God. I and thought that he was scene. just horrifying. <laughs> Yes, and then that scene where, and I, I don't want to give anything away, but she basically comes into this apartment, and there's somebody who's lying on the ground, and things have happened to them, and then the blender, I'm like, oh my, <laughs> oh god, my god, the blender, oh my god, the blender, <laughs> oh, holy crap, yeah, that was that was amazing, and then all the things that, I mean, and they've set it up so nicely for another season, because they've given you the information about IGH, and what could happen with that, certain people who maybe are dead, but aren't totally 100% sure are dead. Um, 
I just, yeah, I, I was really, really blown away. It just everything, things kept happening. I was like, oh my God, I assumed that this, and oh no, I assumed that that, and the, the fight in the club was amazing, and, and it just, well, such and there great was, imagery. And there were also bits where they actually, they, they tried to make it, and I think they actually succeeded, tempting the idea of if you had the purple, if Kilgrave's power on your side totally, what yeah, you could do with yeah. that. And just yeah. that one scene when, you know, Kilgrave's sitting down, he has breakfast served outside. He's trying to get Jessica to please be polite. And she's just like, you know, grabbing handfuls of things and doing everything she can to be an unpleasant bitch because, you know, yeah. she has. Because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then that neighbor comes in and starts talking about her parents and starts saying yes. gossipy, cruel things, whatever. And yeah. Kilgrave's like, that isn't true, isn't it? Tell the truth. And she's like, no, it isn't. Why would you say something like that? Because it makes me feel important. I'm like, oh my God, this is satisfying. Yeah. Yes, it really is. And But then there's other times when you can tell, like, he would ask people a question and they would answer him and he wouldn't like the answer, but he couldn't do anything about it because he's like, I know you're telling me the truth because you have to, you know? It happened a bunch of times. I mean, it's, uh he, uh yeah, there there was just some amazing, amazing stuff that yeah, happened so, all throughout. Yeah, yeah. I, great, I highly recommend stuff. that, you guys, if you want to take a look yeah. at that. And now the next season of Daredevil is just about to drop, and uh, the House of Cards season has dropped. So It has! And I'm, I'm telling you right now, that's my plan for this coming weekend, because the past two seasons, one of the things that I've done while I've been watching the episodes was I would find, because I make this these pendants out of old circuit boards, and sometimes you and Nathan have found me a bunch of old circuit boards. They're very awesome. In fact, if you can find me another purple one, okay. I'm out of purple. We'll, so we'll keep an, keep eye, an eye, eye for that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but sometimes what I do is you just go to the thrift store, and they'll have, you know, things that are like $2, just they're busted, but they're selling them for parts or stuff like that. And the past two seasons of House of Cards, I have sat down in the middle of my living room floor playing back-to-back -back House of Cards while I break apart old electronics to get the circuit boards out of them. It's very satisfying. So that's the plan for this coming weekend. Cool. cool. Awesome. Uh, but the very last thing to bring us all the way back to sort of Night Vale news, uh, the Night Vale team has, you've probably heard about this, released a new podcast, Alice Isn't Dead. Yeah, and it yeah, is yeah. by the same actress who plays Dana. She's going to be yep. the voice uh, talent for this podcast. And it, it, her character is a long-haul trucker. And her wife, Alice, disappeared. And yep. she has had a chance to mourn. And now she is on a journey. And we get to find out about this journey in the podcast. And I yep, think it's going to yep. be interesting. And Elizabeth and I could possibly be doing a podcast every week if we wanted to. Because <laughs> we're gonna, yeah. it's going to alternate Night Vale, Alice Isn't Dead, you know, one week yeah. after the other. It, we got to listen to the teaser. We were going to listen to the actual first episode, which is available right now. If you go to Podbay, it's on the exact same feed as the Night Vale feed. And it's there, but it's like about close to a half an hour, I guess. And we were like, ah, oh, we don't want to do two in one episode. So next week, next week, tune in for a recap of Alice Isn't Dead, episode one. Other than that, make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com. Tons of stuff going on, all the podcasts, all the reviews, the photo galleries. We're about to go into con season. And oh my God, Leland from Movie Issues, he dominated the feed all Friday. He had like a Movie Issues podcast and then he reviewed Zootopia and then he reviewed 
Whiskey Tango Foxtrot and Tina Fey's new movie. And so it was just all movie issues all the time. It was kind of awesome. And then you had a review today and we've got a Lost in Sci-Fi podcast going up, I believe. So we've got tons of tons of stuff going on. Pixelatedgeek.com. Make sure to check out all the fun. And other than that, we will see everybody, I guess, in one week. Yeah. Talk to you later. <laughs>